The Lifestylist, episode 171, featuring Melissa Ambrosini and Nick Broadhurst. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Hey folks, listen, I'm about to turn 48 years old and I was thinking about that today and, and the propensity that, that I have toward taking vitamins and supplements. And I thought, man, how long have I been taking vitamins and supplements? And I swear to you, my mom started giving me handfuls of vitamins when I was five years old. That's 1975. That's how long I've been taking vitamins, minerals, supplements, etc. And I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. What I have gotten better at though is my discernment about which ones actually matter and which ones I want to invest my time, energy, and more importantly, money into. And that brings us to today's sponsor, vitalreaction.com. That's vital-reaction.com. These guys sell something called molecular hydrogen. It comes in two forms. Easy to dissolve tabs that you put in water or a medical grade hydrogen gas inhaler. I use both of them quite literally on a daily basis. Now, this is a totally safe and non-toxic element. It supports the body's ability to maintain a condition of balance by neutralizing harmful free radicals and boosting your internal antioxidant system. So if blueberries are a powerful antioxidant, which I love blueberries, right? Great. This is like blueberries on freaking steroids. Uh, Keeps your oxidative stress low, supports homeostasis, and literally decreases your chances of getting a disease. There's hundreds of scientific studies. There's also an episode I did back in number uh, 112 with Tyler LeBaron, all about molecular hydrogen. This is powerful stuff. It's affordable. It's easy to use. It's very convenient. I literally don't leave home without it, especially on long drives and on flights. I'm pounding the hydrogen tabs like nobody's business. So if you want to check it out, which I highly recommend that you do, get over to vital-reaction.com. Use the code LUKEH2 to save 10%. That's vital-reaction.com. Use the code LUKEH2 and hook yourself up with a 10% discount. Today's show is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Now, you guys know I'm always talking about their medicinal mushroom elixirs because I take them all the time. I'm super addicted to them. But now they've got a couple other products that I'm really into. They've got a decaf coffee for when I don't feel like freaking out on caffeine. And then they have a regular coffee, but not just coffee. Both of them are infused with medicinal mushrooms. So it's a mushroom coffee. They're fantastic. They've also got some matcha drinks like the matcha with lion's mane. And the thing that's cool about the Four Sigmatic drinks is they're totally organic. They're super powerful herbs and superfoods and mushrooms, but they're really easy to use. That's the issue I've had, like trying to be healthy and making myself some cool drinks is that it's kind of a pain in the ass and I have to open up all these different containers and it's a big project. Their products come in these little packets. You just pop them open. They're very portable. I take them on the plane. I take them on trips. I keep them in my bag, in my car. I kind of have them all over the house and I can just use them whenever I want. So Four Sigmatic, one of my favorite companies. If you want to check them out, I highly recommend that you do. 
To do that, you go to foursigmatic.com. And like all of my sponsors, they offer a sweet discount to the listeners. If you use the code LUKESTORY, you will save 15% off your order, which is a pretty good deal. So go to foursigmatic.com, enter the code LUKESTORY, and save 15%. Check it out. All right, here we go. We're rolling into another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. Check it out. If you are currently in a relationship, I want you to pause this right now. Get a hold of your partner, get them in on the party. This is going to be a great one to listen to with your beloved, whoever that might be. Now, if you're not in a relationship and you're single but ready to mingle, then you definitely want to listen to this one. Get out a pen and paper and take some notes, son or daughter, whatever the case may be, and uh, and listen up and learn. Because these two guests, Melissa Ambrosini and Nick Broadhurst, are going to show you what it's all about when it comes to having an exciting but healthy relationship. This is a super cool episode. I had a great time sitting down with them and I learned so much and was beyond inspired. So I think you're going to be as well. So here's what's up with the guests. We've got Melissa Ambrosini, who's the best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. She's also the host of the top-rated podcast, The Melissa Ambrosini Show, on which I've been featured as a guest, and I highly enjoyed it, and apparently a lot of other people did too. It was really fun. Uh, She's also a speaker and self-love teacher. And then we've got her husband, Nick Broadhurst, also known as Broadhurst in the music world, who's an Australian singer, songwriter, and producer, and a damn good one. I listen to his music all the time. He's badass. You can find him on Spotify. That's Nick Broadhurst. Nick is also the host of the top-rated podcast, Broad New World, And he's a prolific entrepreneur and the CEO of multiple companies and a father. He's also my freaking hero, as you're going to find out in this episode, because he figured out a way to eliminate email from his life. I was like, yo, so email me the things like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do email. Like what? How are you? How do you own companies and not do email? And he explains how, and I'm still trying to figure it out myself because I feel like 90% of my life is emails. It's super annoying. So uh, yeah, Nick's my hero on a bunch of levels. They're both my hero because like any relationship, of course, you know, has its ups and downs. Like there's no uh, pink cloud here. But I've got to say, what they have going seems to be feeling real good to both of them. And they're both growing. They're just incredible individuals. And uh, that's the reason I wanted them both on as a couple. And it's my first show that I've ever recorded about a relationship with an active couple. And you guys, like me, get to be on a fly on the wall and kind of pick their brain and see how that works. All right, before we jump into that, I've got an upcoming event. I'll be speaking and presenting my now sort of world famous or world infamous biohacking lounge at Neil Strauss's biohacking intensive event in Los Angeles, December 14th through 16th. If you want to come hang out and get crazy with us, Go to lukestory.com forward slash events. Then next week's episode, number 172, like all of them, at least according to me, Mr. Biased, is an episode you don't want to miss. It's called Sleep or Die, Becoming the Best at Hardcore Rest with Harpreet Singh Rai. And that one is, of course, all about not only sleep, but how to track your sleep once you've optimized it. I'm, I'm like obsessed with gamifying my sleep. I am the geek that now texts my high sleep scores to my friends and am like, aha, or like um, the kid on The Simpsons, aha, 
every time I get a high score, it's pretty awesome. Um, and it's good for my life. And I want it to be good for your life too. You know, we're all into taking, well, not all of us, but I'm into taking all these pills, potions, powders, all these crazy devices. I mean, Jesus Christ, the, the amount of money I have and continue to spend on optimizing my sleep when really, honestly, it's like, it's all good stuff and I love it. It's a hobby and it's kind of my job to discover things and share them with people like you. But I'll do all this stuff and then I just go get a good night's sleep and I feel better than any of this stuff. So honestly, I think sleep is really important. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. And it's kind of a good tie-in for this episode because we've got two people that sleep together. There we go. Boom. See how we work that? Here's what's up with this episode. Now, we've talked about relationships and sex quite a bit on this podcast. And not surprisingly, those are some of my top downloaded episodes. I think any episode I put sex in the title is going to be kind of in my top 10 permanently. The one I did with John Gray was great and John Wineland. So if you're into this topic like I am, I'm just fascinated with having healthy relationships and how you make that work because it's something I've not been hugely successful at, admittedly. Um, then you can go back and listen to those. Did I just admit to that? God, that's mortifying. I'm sure I'm mortifying myself more in the episode. So whatever, might as well just get out of the way now. But anywho, um, this marks my first episode, as I said, with a bona fide couple. So we get to kind of sit and study Melissa Ambrosini and Nick Broadhurst like, like zoologists, kind of observing them as the human monkeys they are and uh, learning what makes their remarkable relationship tick. And from the outside looking in, it's one of the most healthy and uh, powerful relationships I've ever seen. You've got two people who are working on themselves as individuals. They seem very whole and um, you know fully integrated and, and well-defined. But then they also come together and create this third party, this partnership, this relationship, which is built on a really solid foundation. But uh, of course, maintaining that requires both of them to show up each day as the best version of themselves so that they can collaborate and elevate their relationship as well. So if you're seeking to enter a new relationship or looking for tips on how to start an important conversation with your partner, if you want to take it deeper, uh, if you want to know more about the different types of female orgasms, Nick is, you guys listening, man, you need to learn from Nick, not only how to not have email, but he is uh, <laughs> seems to be quite the Don Juan. Uh, so you definitely want to check out some of his perspectives. Or if you just want to be serenaded by some beautiful Australian accents, uh, you're in the right place. What we talk about in this episode is as follows. How Melissa picked herself up from rock bottom and blossomed into the incredible woman she is today, becoming obsessed with spirituality and self-help. Guilty. How Nick fell away from music and then started again from the bottom up the important conversations that Melissa and Nick had at the beginning of their relationship, how to build a solid foundation for a healthy relationship, the glue that holds two people together, transactional sex versus sex as a spiritual practice, and then finally, drum roll please, the one phrase that will change everything about your relationships and life. So welcome to the inner workings of a sexy and healthy relationship with two people who are fully committed to doing it right. I give to you Melissa Ambrosini and Nick Broadhurst. Welcome to the show, you two. Thanks for having us. You two wild Aussie kids. Yes. (laughs) 
Here we are. I love the accents. <laughs> Yours too. I'm not going to. Yeah, I guess I do have one. You I'm do. not going to imitate the imitate the Aussie accent because it's just mortifying. Do people try to do that and they sound British? Yeah. And it just doesn't fly. Not even British. <laughs> not even that. Yeah. Actually, it's mortifying when Americans, who's not an actor and trained as such, tries to emulate a British accent too. Now they think about it. Yeah. But I am pretty good at identifying the Aussie accent. It's the South Africans that'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys, you you know, you think they if you you go New Zealand, and then they True. get you now South African. It's a very unique accent. It is. I was listening to uh, Elon Musk mm. on Joe Rogan a couple days ago. And where the hell is this guy from? He has the weirdest accent. South African, mm. of course. So when did you guys fly in? About twenty four hours ago. And here you are already doing an interview. Have you done any quote unquote work yet? Kind of, yeah. We've had a yeah. lot of meetings, mm-hmm. catch-ups, meetings, done a little bit of work, but this is our first interview here. Okay, cool. So. Well, I'm easy. I'm low-key, as you can see. Awesome. With a dog, got some spring water. We've got lots of blue light keeping you guys awake. Did you forage this spring water? <laughs> Actually, um, I normally do. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> and I have some foraged water in the garage and cold storage. In these big mylar, um, you know, protective covers that I built, but this water is from LiveSpringWater.com, and it is uh, foraged in a sense from a spring in Oregon. It's very safe, by the way. It's been lab tested, triple, you know, third party verified, all that stuff. Uh, but it's from a spring in Oregon, and it's untouched by human hands, other than just filling up the glass bottles, putting them in a refrigerated truck, and then someone carrying them into the apartment. So. You're getting some of the most pristine, clean, life-giving water imaginable right now. Awesome. I feel it. So I'm really excited, you guys, because you're the first couple that I've interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm up to, I think, 160 shows or something. I've had a few shows about relationships, about sex. Those, of course, are my top downloads. You know, people love to learn about the relationships. I've had John Gray and John Wineland and Neil Strauss and a number of people on talking about relationships. But those are all people talking about their relationships that happen outside of the podcast. So this is the first live relationship. I'm going to observe you guys like a zoologist and really dig into what makes your whole thing work. And of course, you know, a lot of your work and your book has to do with relationships. So I'm really excited. I've got... um Chris and Lori Harder on the books, but you guys beat them to it. Yes. So they'll be my second couple. Well, we just had dinner with them. We just came oh, from no dinner way. with them. Yeah. Oh, that's Tonight. funny. Cool, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> We've been scheduling it, but I, you know, you had me on your show before Lori did. So we're going in chronological order now. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So before we jump into that, you know, give our listeners just a little bit of background on each of you, if you would. Mm-hmm. Well, I am an author and speaker, and uh, I got on this path from hitting rock bottom in 2010, like most people, how they get on this path. I was actually a professional dancer and actress and TV presenter in my past life, as I like to call it. And then in 2010, I ended up in hospital, very unhealthy, unwell and unhappy. And that was my rock bottom. I had a whole host of health issues. My whole immune system shut down. But not only was there physical things going on, a lot of emotional depression, anxiety, panic attacks. I had eating issues, all sorts of things. And I was in hospital and I had a friend at the time who 
sent me a little care package. And this was a relatively new friend. And in that package was a book that changed my life and put me on this path that I'm on now. And that book was Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Oh, nice. And I was reading this book in hospital at the lowest point in my life. I had just been dumped again, no health, no job. I was sleeping on my friend's fold-out bed in her bedroom, uh, in her lounge room. I had no money. Um, my friends dumped me because I was going through a lot at the time and it was too much for them. And so um, I was reading this book in hospital and I would turn to my mom and I'm like, why didn't you tell me this stuff? Like, why didn't you tell me that we can create our own life and we can manifest whatever we want. And she's like, I'm just doing the best that I could, you know, and bless her, she was. But this sparked something within me and I realized in that moment that I was responsible for getting myself there and I was the only reason, I was the only one responsible for getting myself out. So I went on to study holistic nutrition because for me, my health was the lowest hanging fruit. I needed to get healthy again. Um, And from there, I realized that it's not just about what you do here in your mouth. It's not just about that. It's what goes on up here is so important. And so I went on and learned this thing called meditation and yoga, and I studied energy healing work um, and life coaching, and I became obsessed with spiritual spirituality, personal development, and the whole self-help world. I went and bought every book that I could and learned from all of the great teachers, went to every workshop and seminar that there was. And just totally immersed myself in this world. And it was out of desperation. And from there, I started this thing called a blog back in 2011, which not many people had back then. And I began sharing what I was learning. And it was just resonating so deeply with so many people. And it was getting so many views and hits. And I was like, oh, maybe I could just keep sharing and see what happens. And I began running workshops and events and writing ebooks and e courses and wrote my first book, then wrote my second book, started my podcast, began speaking all over the world. And uh, here I am now doing the work that I do. Um, inspiring women to really unlock their full potential, step into their true power and live their best life. And I do that through my books, my podcast. We we mentor a lot of people together through one of our businesses that we have together, our doTERRA business. And it's the most rewarding and fulfilling thing. And I, I could not have predicted it. And it's just the best. And getting to do it with my soulmate by my side is just awesome. That's a crazy amount of uh, accomplishment and transformation in eight years. I don't know mm-hmm. if you realize that. Mm, I was enthralled. I was enjoying that. <laughs> right, me too. <laughs> and totally. You've heard that story so many well, times. You, well, when you said you know the timeline, I'm going to 2010. I'm like, this is 2018. I'm like, what? That's eight years. How does that happen? Just to learn online marketing will take you eight years. Let alone like having the inner transformation. You know, how to do the eBooks and the email funnels and the websites and the blog and the offerings and the online community and like all. All that stuff that comes after you really earn your keep, so to speak, and you have something to share. So that's incredible to to be having the transformation mm. and actually learn how to 
sounds so cold and gross to say monetize it, but to build a business for yourself, I guess there's no shame in monetizing. I have to get rid of that preconceived idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Screw that. Monetizing's awesome. Get all the money. Get all the money. But seriously, you know what I'm saying though? Mm. That's a short amount of time. Totally. I think I, st- I started studying online marketing maybe, yeah, probably about eight years ago with my fashion school. And yeah. uh, that's, I mean, that's a lot to learn there, leaving aside just the inner work. So totally. kudos. And the thing is, you know, Nick will vouch for this is like, I am obsessed with learning. Like I just love learning. When I get something that I'm really passionate about, I will just go for it. Read every book, listen to every podcast and just immerse myself in it. That's my personality. But that also comes with another side where I need to learn, you know, to really slow down. And right to not be go, 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 achieve, 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 type A all the time, you know, just to be. I don't understand. What's the word slow? Yeah, what was wh- that word? I don't know. How do, you, how do you guys da- do that? What yeah. is that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Do you know how to do it? Can you teach me? Yeah. Twice a day for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's when exactly. I slow, I, that's when I slow down the rest of the time, you know. I know. So on your spiritual journey and having read all these books and, and you know, studied all the great teachers and stuff on your podcast, who has been your all-time biggest dream guest that you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking to this person right now? So many, so many. I mean, every guest, including yourself, is someone, I don't just have anyone on my show, like every single person that comes on my show is someone who has moved me and you know, whether it's their podcast or one of their books, they've touched me. And so my, my podcast is literally my inspiration boards. And so, but one of the most, uh, I think spine tingling was Neil Donald Walsh. I knew you were going to say that one. That's funny. God, I should have said it before you and shown my psychic abilities. Yeah. (laughs) God damn it. Missed the opportunity. Yeah. He was, he was amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I remember reading conversations with God, like, I don't know, I want to say 15 years ago, something like that. Mm. And just going, what? Mm. That was an amazing entryway into spirituality. Oh, yeah. 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 Life-changing. It's weird that the stuff that's, I'm not big on the spiritual teachings usually that are challenged, or not challenged, (laughs) that are challenged. Those people that have disabilities that are spiritual teachers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, That are channeled. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, your your uh, Abraham Hicks, all that kind mm. of stuff. When someone's like, oh, cool, I hear voices and they tell me what to write. I'm like, Pfft. but with Neil Donald Walsh, at least the, I'm not familiar with his other work, but that one book, I mean, you're just like, there's no way a dude made this up. Mm. And Course in Miracles, similar kind of thing. Like those guys just poof, kind of made this <laughs> thing that's so profound. The 12 Steps also... Bill Wilson said he sat down and wrote that in about 20 minutes. I mean, he had a little bit of it from this thing called the Oxford Groups, but some of the most profound teachings have been channeled. And then there's like the other, you know, 9 million teachings that are total bullshit that have been channeled that are totally dumb and not very useful. So good on you for getting that one done. Oh, yeah. And um, another one you had on that I want to get to that I think is amazing is Bruce Lipton. He was my second person. Yeah, I'm about that, was to, a, that was a great interview. He, I'll connect you with him so you can great. get him on. He, and he is such a beautiful person. Now, it's interesting, like, as you know, like doing podcasts, um, well, I do all of mine over Skype or uh, Zencaster, sorry. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there's technical difficulties. Oh, I know. And it's interesting, these spir- some of these spiritual teachers lose it. <laughs> 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 They're losing it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, 
what is going on? Like, you're meant to be, like, fully enlightened. And they lose it. But, you know, he was, as he was on the podcast, is how he is in real life. And it's interesting because some people shift. They go into, like, a a persona where he was just the same. And right. so beautiful, so generous with his time, like gave me – some people are like, all right, Melissa, I've got 45 minutes, let's go, where he was like, let's keep going, like two hours. I'm like, oh, my God, amazing. Um, yeah. He's just really generous, beautiful, beautiful person and so knowledgeable. And the wisdom that just comes through him is like next level. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'll connect you with him so you can have him on. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, I just got invited to one of his events uh, in November. I have to see if I can figure it out. Oh, do I don't it. think I've ever seen him speak. I've watched a lot of his YouTube videos. Yeah, me and too. And then I've attempted to read Biology of Belief, and I'm like, wait, too dense, <laughs> too too smart. <laughs> What's your story, Nick? Mm, well, I was just listening to your music on Spotify. Those of you watching on Insta and Facebook Live, Nick Broadhurst right here, this handsome Aussie devil. Uh, a beautiful record. Go on Spotify and listen to it right now, maybe in the background while we're recording. Those of you listening to the podcast will, of course, link to it in the show notes. And you can get those show notes by going to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your damn name and email, and I'll send you these Nick notes right now. It's a good uh, good call to action. I like that. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of online marketing. You've been studying that. Yeah. A little bit here and there. Yeah. <laughs> you can also text... Lifestylist to the number 44222 on a U.S. phone and be added to the email list too. What? Yeah, that's next level. It's cool. Yeah. But it confuses people because it it only works on a U.S. phone. So then you get people emailing your website, I tried to do the thing. And I said, only on U.S. phones, knucklehead. <laughs> so how'd you get into a relationship with this lady? How'd you get into music, meditation? Wow. What's your story? Did you did you That's have a, a rocky past too? Or oh did yeah. you just come out of the womb spiritually Enlightened. spiritual and happy? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> now look, I, I had an interesting journey. I grew up in a house with a a pretty well, a very conscious, very awakened father. Um very out there father. Um, so I was surrounded by it, but that didn't mean that I actually took it up in any particular way, but it was there. And I think I ignored it very much for, for most of my life. And in my early 20s, I was in a band called Sneaky Sound System. And we had number one album in Australia and ARIA Awards, is like the Grammys, world tours, you know, longest singles on the charts. Like it was a, it was a big deal back then. And I was the youngest of the group. And I was very, very much part of the machine. I was very managed because I was the youngest and, you know, I didn't really feel like I had a voice. How old were you when you guys started to achieve success? Uh, Look, we started when I was 21 and we worked incredibly hard for about four or five years until it really clicked. And then it really clicked. Like we sort of launched the whole electronic music scene in Australia. It It was a really interesting time to be in that scene you know, fashion was coming to life and electronic music was coming to life. It was a really exciting time. Um, but around that time, I met my ex-wife and we had a little boy on the way. And when he was born, I realized first and foremost, I didn't want to be away from him. But also I was kind of somewhat pressured into getting a real job. So I left music, which has always been my thing. You know, I've grown up on the stage performing 
And I left that and went into real estate. And I had to really earn my stripes, like starting from the bottom up, knew no one, you know, it was really hard work. But in a short time, within five years, I'd worked my way up from sort of $100,000 apartments to an average sale price of $6.7 million. And I was awarded the top agent in Australia. No and way, that's crazy. Yeah, I, but, wow. but that came at a cost. Yeah. Because to achieve that, I had to push really hard. Yeah. And if, not just pushing with the career, but I was pushing against everything that was true for me. And so I think, well, I know for sure that once I'd reached this point of thinking I had it all, you know, I had the money and I had the house and the car and the wife and the and the son and everything looked rosy. But then it all started to implode completely. My marriage started falling apart. Um, I had I got meningitis. That's a whole story in itself, which is quite fascinating. But what is meningitis? It's basically an infection of your spinal fluid and and, and fluid oh, in your brain. Damn, it's quite dangerous. Like spinal meningitis. Well, it's just is that meningi- what they call it? Meningitis. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's an, it's a inflammation of the meninges. Ah. to be technically correct. And essentially could have killed me and almost did kill me. And so from that, I came out of the hospital. My marriage was falling apart. I spent a few months trying to sort of recover, but I didn't know how to recover. No one told me how to recover. They didn't tell me my nervous system was completely destroyed. And then I separated from my uh, now ex-wife and then I had the financial stress that, you know, two homes I had to maintain because she was a stay-at-home mother. I had my son who was heartbroken. The stress was incredibly strong. And about six months after that meningitis, my body completely just packed it in, just completely just went, you know what, I've had enough. And I think up until that point, I felt completely invincible my whole life. I felt strong. I was fit. You know, I always looked strong. And I think the universe said to me, dude, if you don't get this sign now that you're on the wrong path, then when will you ever get it? So, you know, let's let's take away your health and see how you go. And so I spent about three years essentially bedridden, couldn't work. We sort of were living a very parallel hospital sort of life. We didn't know each other at the time, Melissa and I. But it was around the same time? Mm-hmm. 2009 and 10. Yeah. Interesting. Time. Imagine you're laying there sick, not knowing that your soulmate is Doing the same. a couple cities away in Australia, just getting mended to meet you. Oh, Funny thing is we, we actually both reached out to the same girl around the same time who was a cancer survivor. Her name is Jess Ainsco and known as the wellness warrior, really well known in Australia. And Jess became Melissa's closest friend, complete soul sister. And I'd reach out to her as well. So we somehow had this weird connection through Jess. At and the same time. At the same time. Mm. Um, and she did coaching and whatnot? No, we just reached out because she was- She was like a health an advocate, oh, okay. inspiration in Australia. Oh, got it. Okay. Excuse me. Long story short, we- how, where do I go from there? I basically slowly found my way back into music. But in that time, I actually studied internet marketing. I was in bed, right? So I couldn't really do much. So I thought, hey, I need to find something that you can pay me from home. So I studied that. And then. Did you read the four hour work week? Oh, I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Tim Ferriss is responsible for so many 
online business people probably. Oh, uh, 100%. That, like we all read that book and we're like, wait, what? You don't have to go clock in at the office or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, Jeff yeah. Walker, you read that? All oh, the product launch formula stuff. Oh, you know? I don't know that one. Oh, oh he's yeah. big in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. You missed okay. out that one. But, <laughs> I did. Um, but yeah, so like I'd studied internet marketing and had this wealth of knowledge and I'd launched several businesses and failed miserably because they weren't true to me. They were just things I was trying to do for money, right? But then we met and in fact, we wouldn't be together without conversations with God because I was about to marry another woman actually, had the engagement ring, everything was lined up. Are you a homewrecker, Melissa? No. (laughs) Where's this going? No, no, no. (laughs) The other ones listening to the show, like, I'll get you. I'll cut you. No, no. It's got a happy ending. But um, I had a great relationship actually with this woman. She saved me many ways, came in when I was unwell and really helped me heal. She was, you know, she is a beautiful person. And I went on a surf trip for two weeks in the Mentawis of Indonesia. And I was on a boat in the middle of nowhere, no technology, no phones, nothing. It could not communicate with a single person. And I had three books with me. I had Venture Deal, which is a venture, you know, venture capital book because I had a magazine at the time, which I was funding, and a digital magazine. And I had Conversations with God and The Way of the Superior Man. Oh, nice, nice. Right, so That's a good I'm, start. I'm cocooned and I have three books, so... I'm going to read them. And no Wi-Fi for two, was it two weeks? Well, nothing. Yeah, yeah, Just nothing. nothing, mm. nothing. Couldn't even make a phone call, right? Mm. So I read this passage in Conversations with God, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like this. It was, let your beloved propel, sorry, let your love propel your beloved into the world so they may experience the fullest version of themselves. Only then have you truly loved. And I read this, I can picture it right now. I'm lying down in the depths of this boat, smelling like diesel petrol. And I'm looking up and I just remember looking at the ceiling, which was about six inches above my head (laughs) and thinking, holy crap, I've got to let her go. It just dawned on me that I was actually going to hold her back if I didn't let her go at that point. So despite having the ring, everything, I was going back to propose to her. Wow. And when I arrived back, she'd had the same Epiphany, but we were perfectly happy. Really? Yeah. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah. So awesome when you ha- want to break up with someone and they're like, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I've been wanting to talk to you too. Not when they're faking it though, because there's that thing too. We're like, I don't think this is working out. And they go, yeah, me either. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're like, no, yeah. you weren't really, yeah, yeah. So, wow, fortuitous. Yeah. And then we met about six months later and we had a beautiful uh, connection. It was very quick. We were engaged in two weeks. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, you guys just blew my whole theory. All right, we got to talk. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> it was it was a really interesting two weeks. We I <laughs> I felt like I was being almost puppeteered by some other entity. I was just wow. being kind of moved. And your love was being channeled. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre, to be honest, but effortless. It was like there was no no question whatsoever. I met this woman. We connected the first proper date we had we were talking about getting married and and it just <laughs> oh my god it just happened oh i can't wait to get into this yeah you can you can sort of unfold more from that yeah but, yeah and yes yeah, so we were married in five and a half months and it's been a wild ride and I, I do have to say that 
it is amazing to meet your match for sure. Like it's a beautiful thing. But you are signing up for the biggest challenge of your life just about. I mean, being a parent is one thing. You know, Leo, our, my son, Melissa steps on his 12 now and that's a whole journey, you know. But meeting your one is a real challenge and it's a real support. It's yin and yang. It's 50-50. It's support and challenge in equal measure. It's light and dark and it's everything. So it's been an interesting journey. But I love her more and more every single day. And Melissa had a very interesting experience last week, which is a whole other conversation. She actually had a, a near-death experience. She was in intensive care. What? A week ago. We what? Almost, yeah. And he still took the trip? Yeah. Like Just. And I can't. This won't stop me. I'm going to LA. Yeah. I can't talk about it because we realized that, well, Melissa realized in that moment, it, it was actually the third book that she'd been waiting to come to her and it came to her in this near-death experience. It's a wild story, but I actually thought that I'd lost her a week ago. What? About five times. It was very scary. Very, very scary. I was completely unconscious, ambulance. It was full on and he, yeah, he thought I was gone. What? I don't know. But you don't want to talk about it because it's the meat of a new book. Yeah. <laughs> An upcoming book. That's fine. We'll, well, wait, we'll also, do another interview and we'll go, we'll go back to it. I respect yeah. fresh that. as well. It's really fresh. Yeah. And, we, um, we don't need to go into it. But yeah. that's from your perspective, leaving aside Melissa's experience of that, uh, ha- having really heard when you said this is the love of my life mm. and everything's going along as planned or not planned in the most beautiful way, whatever the case may be. To have that, uh, the prospect of losing that is pretty in- incredibly intense. Yeah, it really, you know, it was a wake-up call for both of us, I think. But it just made things a lot deeper for me. You know, I, I look at her sleeping now and just thank freaking Christ that she's still alive. Oh, man, that's awesome. You guys are so cute. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I think I'm so glad this is on uh, on YouTube, you know. I mean, my shoots are like one camera, so you don't get to see the, rea- you know. In the in in the future, when uh, when people start supporting my sponsors more, I'll have a camera over here getting her when she's talking to camera. You know what I'm saying? The three four camera shoot because there's um there's it's a really beautiful thing to watch you guys interact. It's very special. Okay, so does that bring us up to date? And here I am. <laughs> and and then also you're you're still doing your music. I mean, this is a new record, right? Thank you. Yeah, so thank you came out two months ago and cool. um that's been that's kind of like the record of my life to now. It's a whole journey on there of everything really. And it's been a beautiful experience and it's had a great reception. I've signed with a label in New York called Antifragile and you know, that's going to a whole a whole level and we're touring together and we've we created a show at the beginning of the year called Open Wide, which um I did a song called Open Wide, Melissa did a book called Open Wide. We sort of connected our brands and did a real life musical, which was wild. Really? Yeah. Mm. What what's that entail? It was like music yeah. and motivation story. mixed with meditation and story. So like he was going to tour on his own. Yeah. I was gonna do a book tour on, on my own. And we were like, well, let's create something together. Mm. And so we created this beautiful experience, like a live rock concert for your soul. So it's think like Coldplay mixed with Tony Robbins. Coming wow. together. Damn. It was that's innovative. Awesome. It, it was, was so much fun. And we toured great. all around Australia. We sold out in every city. Wow. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. It was mm. so much fun. It was our first 
thing that we'd done together because, you know, Nick has multiple businesses and he's a serial entrepreneur and you've got your podcast as well. You forgot to mention that. Mm. And so we've never done anything together. He's also the CEO of my business. He oversees high level stuff as well. So we had never done anything together. So it was the first time we came together and collaborated together and it was really beautiful. It made us realize how much we love doing it. And so many people were saying, thank you for being the example. And we're very, very real. Like we don't pretend our relationship is all rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. Like no one's is. That's the point at the beginning of the show was to – we said straight away that the show has to shatter that myth within the first couple of minutes, and we did. You know, did you we, get, can you come out and just get in a major argument? <laughs> <laughs> Punch each other up, slap each other down. But I think that is a big misconception that a lot of people have is that when I meet my soulmate or my one or my twin flame or whatever, that it's going to be rainbows and butterflies. No. Like, and, and, we have to get rid of that idea because that striving for perfection is going to block you and keep you stuck. So we have to let go of that idea and just allow whatever is there to, whatever's going to show up, show up because whatever does show up is there for your growth. So it is the most beautiful thing meeting your one, but it also really stretches you. Like he is my biggest mirror. He stretches me. He, it, being in a relationship with your soulmate is like you got to do the inner work. You got to take full responsibility for how you're showing up. You got to do the spiritual sit-ups. You know, you got to go and do your meditation. Um and and that has to be happening on both parts. It's not just one person growing and going to Tony Robbins. You've both got to be doing the inner work. <laughs> Otherwise, you can't, you know, how is there going to be growth and evolution? It made me laugh because one of our friends, James Colhoun from Food Matters, who'd be great on your show too, by the way. Um, the, the film? Yeah. Is that a yeah. documentary film? Yeah. Yeah, so he's got an amazing business with his wife, Laurentine, and he said to me, when one person in a relationship goes to Tony Robbins, it's like the end of the relationship. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> you know? my, my business partner and I, who's my ex-girlfriend, Lauren, uh, we recently went to Tony Robbins and we had a great time. We both yeah. got very motivated. Yeah, good. In fact, we signed up for the second bowl of Kool-Aid in Florida. Oh, good. Coming up in December. You mentioned something, Nick, about piggybacking on what you just said, Melissa, is that when you have this meaningful soulmate kind of connection with someone, that it's going to be the most challenging thing ever. And it sparked kind of a an inquiry or, I don't know, a reference to my experience. I think in, in my personal relationships, uh, many times, you know, you have to be careful what you say because you, your exes could listen to your shit, you know? <laughs> so I think I've been in relationships where because of limiting beliefs about myself and low self-esteem, I've settled uh, for people that aren't doing the work and aren't developmentally up to the task of really going deep. And um, so relationships have been difficult for me in some cases because there's been a, a lack of compatibility. But when you, in that regard, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. But when you said that, what struck me is like, oh shit, when you really own your own power, and I mean that in the, in the most wholesome sense, that you're going to meet someone who's your energetic match, oh, yeah. who is doing the Tony Robbins or whatever, you know, we're just using that as kind of a, a blanket term for doing the work and then... The challenge is like, oh man, I met up with someone who's on the level mm-hmm. 
that I'm striving for, someone that actually pulls you into it. Could could you maybe speak to that? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I've, I've been single yep. for a long time now, and I'm like, I'm almost nervous to meet someone that's on my level and challenging. I feel the propensity or the tendency to almost like, oh, I'll just pick someone who's easy <laughs> that doesn't challenge me. I don't want to be challenged by like a really powerful woman. Of course, I'm not going to elect to do that, but that's what I'm hearing. So when you said that, did you mean like, it's been challenging because Melissa's like, hey, man, I'm here. Like, let's do this. Go. What is that experience like for you? What, what, how is that challenging? No, it's a good question. It's good to clarify because it's really, I think, when you meet your match, it means you can no longer hide. There you go. You can't be average. There you go. Because you're going to get cold very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great if you're up yeah. for it. And we're totally up for it. And to be honest, we... We could not have met a day earlier. We sort of both reached this pinnacle of feeling completely whole maybe a few days before we met. You know, we've been doing so much work on our own and we were both on a very, I guess, synchronous exponential path at that point. We were just growing so quickly. And I hit this point where I was like, oh my God, I feel me. I feel it. Like, I'm good. I'm all freaking good. I just realized like... I'm whole. I don't need anything else. And the minute you feel that, of course, in walks your your match. So, well, isn't that the, isn't that the secret from what I read in books? Is that you <laughs> you have I'm being facetious? Because uh, I don't know that I've experienced it, but you have in a good you know in a good relationship. Not that like you said, it's ever a walk in the park. I mean, obviously, like the relationship is there for you to grow. But when you have two entities that feel complete and whole, as you said, you arrived to, and then you join together to support a further exploration, celebration, expansion of your individual wholeness, unified with this third entity being the relationship. Whereas in some situations that I've experienced, you have two broken halves (laughs) that are like, we're both broken in just the same places. We fit together like a puzzle that's missing a lot of other pieces, let's lock in and just see how long we can go until the wheels fall off. Totally different type of challenge. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, that relationship could actually still evolve and move beyond those blocks. But both parties have to be willing willing to show up. Because if they're not willing to show up, they're just going to butt heads. So it doesn't, you don't have to get to that place where you're like, I feel so much unconditional love for myself, inner peace and contentment and overflowing with self-love. I think meeting someone who is willing to do the work on themselves and for the partnership, like you said, there's three entities. There's him, there's me, and then there's the partnership. So there's three entities that we've got to do the work on, do the spiritual work on. And we are so deep. When we married each other, we made a commitment to that. We made a commitment to show up each day as the best version of ourselves and do the work on ourselves. And that's, I think that is something that needs to really be brought to the attention at the very start of a relationship. Otherwise, you're just going to butt heads. Wouldn't that be one of the first things that you get clear on, right? Like, what is your life about? As I look at the prospect of having a relationship, I think that's that's probably the number one requirement. I mean, of course, just for having someone who has integrity and just has a solid core value system that they adhere mm. to, right? I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. Someone that's on a level of consciousness that you can work with where there's not horrendous flaws that they're still trying to work out. 
But I think that the other person really has to be committed to their path, right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You know, it can't just be like, oh, cool, I go to yoga every once in a while. I like green juice. Like, no. It's like, no, man, you're going for broke. You're going for the, you know, the the full Monty in terms of your own evolution. I mean, that seems like a first date thing. Like, what are you really about? What's your goal? Totally. Is it just to make money? Is it just to get a big house? Is it just to get Instagram followers? Like, and Not there's anything wrong with any of that, but like, what's the real core value? Totally. And that's what I talk about. Like in chapter four in this book, it's it's called Dive Into Your Ocean. And got her book right here, ladies and gentlemen. It. It's right here. It's on our that YouTube video. And at the in that chapter, it's all about uncovering what are your core values, your beliefs, your interests, what are your life goals, getting really clear on that. Because most people have never really stopped to ask themselves those questions. Like, what do I want to create? What legacy do I want to leave? What's important to me? I mean, we do and and most of our friends do because that's the circle that we move in. But a lot of people have never actually sat down and worked out, well, what are my core values? Something we did at the start of our our relationship was what what uh, beliefs and values do we want to instill in Leo, who's our 12-year-old, my stepson, Nick's son? Like what do we want to impart on him? These are things that people don't talk about. And if you don't know what your core values are, what your mission is, what you want to leave in this world, like how you want to show up in the world, then how are you meant to find someone who can match that? Like other, we are just flying blind, and that's why I get everyone in the book to really uncover that for themselves first, and then it's almost like right when you're dating, you have this mental checklist. Not like you know, you can pull out your clipboard if you want. <laughs> no, I, I'm joking. Do not do that. The guy will probably run in the other direction. Like a picture like the date being kind of like a corporate interview where you get out yeah. your mission statement, you know, yeah. your so core what is values. Your why? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What legacy do you want to leave? Yeah. You know. But yeah. it's it's really important because it's especially, and I talk about this in the book as well, like if you are not aligned on really important things like health, how is that going to work? Like I, really? I have experienced that. Just a basic that thing be like a problem. health is a real challenge. Yeah. If you're well, eating different food, that's a challenge. Well, especially, I know, when I see Simple a hot bit. girl on Instagram and it's like the happy vegan, I'm like, next yeah. We would never get along. You know, it's like it's not happening. And no offense to any vegans listening. It's just it's a lifestyle choice, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just I just picture a pain in the ass. Where do you want to eat? I don't know where you want to eat. Let's go to Bell Campbell and get a burger. Oh, that's right. You know, you that kind of thing. Well, it's yeah. also unity. Like if you look at when you meet anyone in life, like let's say you go out to you're in your early twenties and you go to a nightclub and you're drunk and you meet a girl and you hit it off. You guys have some unity in that moment because you have a goal of maybe having sex, right? So you go home, you have sex, you have a one-night stand and you had that unity. There was enough unity to sustain that relationship for the night, right? But that doesn't mean there's enough unity to take it to the second date or the third date, right? So that naturally <laughs> dissolves, right? Right. But right. when you meet someone like Militia and I have met, there's so many points of unity right. that that is going to carry us through so many challenges. And if you're lacking a lot of those points of unity, when those things come up, where you are misaligned is going to become the friction point, you know? Right. And so we're fortunate that we geek out on the same stuff. When we first met, we were sitting at Bondi Beach having conversations on the sand for hours, uh, zero expectations, uh, not even attracted to each other. Like, seriously, we didn't even see each other like that. 
we were just having this very open conversation about I just read Sex at Dawn and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not getting married. You know, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And we're speaking about. I, I've interviewed so many people. I'm like, because I want to ask you guys about open relationships. I'm like, all right, are you through the sex at dawn phase yet? Have yeah. you figured out that this, at least for me, that the, that was a fleeting. Yeah, experiment. yeah. fleeting. It was fleeting because yeah. we were engaged two weeks later. So yeah, and then you're like, what I real, what I came to is like, oh yeah, bonobos, cool. They just everyone bones everyone. This is great. Yeah, I'll just live like that. And it's like, well, we're not bonobos. Okay? Yeah, exactly. We're closely related. Okay, but like, do I sit there and eat my own excrement and throw it at the wall? No. So maybe I shouldn't have a harem of of bonobo women <laughs> and think that we're all gonna get along and live happily ever after. Totally. It's a good segue, though, actually. Because, but well, it is. Yeah. But I I, I want to just emphasize one other point yeah. in terms of that compatibility do you think that having shared you know shared values is one thing i think that's non-negotiable okay like if you know somebody somebody totally values the material plane and they're not really on a spiritual mission or if they just you know if they're dishonest or disloyal or selfish or narcissistic i mean there's just certain character flaws that are just you can't this won't work right they got to go work that out not that anyone's perfect, but some of us have worked on a lot of those things. But then there's just lifestyle compatibility. And I think about this sometimes, and again, I can only reflect back to my own experiences, but there's been times where they're totally into different stuff and I'm into different stuff. And I'm like, cool, we'll be individual. But for me, my lifestyle is so hardcore and it's so specific, you know, the health and the things and all the stuff that I've sort of come to, someone kind of has to be on board because this is my work and it's my whole life. So do you think that if people, you know, like you were in real estate and say you're in online marketing and you guys don't share kind of the same hobbies or sort of niche interests, do you think if if your interests were not your work that you would have to be less aligned in that way? Yeah, look, I think... In terms of this, you said you geek out on stuff. Like where, how do you draw the line there on like how much you have to have in common? Can I jump in? Yeah, yeah please, I, well, anyone. I feel like that is... So fine. He's into surfing. I'm not. I don't really enjoy the water. Well, no, you love the water. I love the water. But just but not surfing. Don't enjoy I, getting smacked in the face no. by giant waves. I'm with you, girl. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> but there has to be, and this is the key to any relationship, and especially your relationship with your beloved, is respect. There has to be respect for that person's interest or hobby or whatever it is. So I don't necessarily have to love the ozone machine and the infrared sauna. I could do it maybe once in a while, but it's I have to respect that that's so important to you and it's not about belittling you. Oh, my God, you're going for another ozone. Or, oh, my God, far out, he's going for another cryo. Like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. there has to be that deep-rooted respect for that other person and whatever it is. It comes from love. That comes from, yeah, exactly. That's where it stems from. And I think that the, the whole point of a relationship is that it's this beautiful container that wraps you up together and allows you the environment, the conditions to accelerate your personal growth, to accelerate your spiritual development, if you see it that way. Now, if you're not aligned on some of the basic things, you're spending time putting energy into trying to sort out where to eat. And money issues. Right? Right, As opposed to like, let's do the deep work together. Okay, that's good. So some of those, let's just call them lifestyle preferences or hobbies and things like that, you're saying some of those would be best suited to at least be in somewhat alignment so that you don't spend your time 
having conflict and like putting energy into fighting over the restaurant or the type of movie you want to watch and things like that. So if you kind of have similar taste in terms of how you like to spend your time, then you just kind of can lay back in the cut with that compatibility and then work on the things that are really deep and meaningful and transformative in the relationship. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. You just you're you're creating space to go deep together. Right. And I think that's the whole point. I believe that's the whole point of, of actually like why be in a relationship if it's not going to make you grow? Like what's what's and the point? And you can't go deep together. What's the point, you know? And then also we were speaking about um, sex, bonobos, that's right. Yes, bonobos. <laughs> okay. Those fornicating beasts. And you know, it's that's a good point to raise because we're talking about love, of course. And if you're going to build a house, you need solid foundations. And the, you know, I guess the unity points is like the concrete slab. You know, it's it lays that foundation and it's there, it's solid. Then you've got the love, which becomes the bricks. But if you don't have intimacy and sex, there's no glue that holds the whole thing together. And I think that's a really thing to talk, a really important thing to talk about because amongst all this development and growth, there must be a level of intimacy maintained because that's the one thing that you can do with your partner that no one else can do with them. If you're in a, you know, monogamous relationship, opens a different thing, right? But that's not our deal, obviously. And so that's been a huge part of our life. Like we were getting ready to go out to dinner and and I looked at my wife and I'm like, you're fucking hot. And <laughs> we made love quickly before meeting Laurie and Chris because I just, you know, that's how we express ourselves. That's what's really special and important to us. And that's something we work on a lot. Like we really are so conscious of our intimacy. It's like, I mean, I speak about it a lot. I've got two podcasts coming out, one today and one next week, which is, purely focused on the cervical orgasm because for a man to be able to take a woman to those places gifts them the experience of God. Like it gives them an experience of their highest self and you get to do that for your partner. It's like the most amazing thing to do for someone. Yet these things just don't get spoken about because it's like naughty or, you know, it just drives me nuts. It's, like, <laughs> it's funny. I would expect that Melissa would be the one schooling our listeners on the different types of female orgasms. So I'm impressed that you even know what that is. Well, because when we met, I had really, I guess, schooled myself on this stuff. But oh, okay. really hadn't had so you're the, reading Way of the Superior Man and, you just know. just went deep into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't have the right partner to to go there. So when we met, I was like, okay. You know, she's she's ready and she's open and let's go there. And that's, for me, as the masculine has been the most rewarding part, I think, is being able to surrender what I believe to be the way, which was to have intercourse and mutually masturbate and have both ejaculate. You know, it's like, sure, that's fine. But I realized there was another way and that was to be of service to my queen, which has completely... I don't have to. Sh- I don't have to have a physical orgasm to experience the bliss of what she's going through. What what she experiences in that moment washes over me and and pays me much higher dividends. You know, so that's been a huge part of our relationship, which you know I think is worth mentioning because it's it's the juice. oh worth mentioning. Now the whole show is going to be about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll just Spiritual? delete the first part. Yeah, your career. You had a tough time early on. Blah blah blah. Let's get to the cervical <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> But but seriously though it's it's mm. interesting because I think I mean let's just 
just very specifically to niche in on the topic of orgasm for mm-hmm. the male and for the female bodies. Those of you listening that, you know, or whatever, you'll figure it out <laughs> energetically, right? It's always an energetic polarity going on, regardless of body parts going in and out. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fascinating. I've met women uh, who don't even realize that there are different types of orgasms mm-hmm. and have never experienced them. Mm-hmm. Most guys I know, they just kind of, well, you, you go, how, what, you know, they had sex, you go, how was it? What happened? And they describe it and they go, yeah, weird stuff happened. I don't really know what it was. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't think a lot of men that aren't doing the kind of work you're describing are even aware of the energetics, the anatomy, the possibilities mm. of the sexual experience with their female partner. It's, it's so important. It's like, I mean, for me, it's, I don't know, it, it it's who I am at my soul as a as a masculine being in this planet i mean of course we all have masculine and feminine energy right but being a male i'm predominantly masculine and so tapping into that floods into every area of my life if i hadn't had figured this out in all my previous relationships i was just doing what i thought was right which was really you know very surface level sex and i never really enjoyed it i just thought Really, it was just like mutual masturbation. It wasn't taking me anywhere, you know. But now, it's it's like, oh, how how much further can we go? How deep can we get? Where can I take you? Where can we go together? So, you know, I think it's it's everything. Just about if you don't have that, what do you have? I've it's done so a couple important. shows on uh, something called orgasmic meditation. Oh, man, oh we you know, that? we've <laughs> done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've had um, them on my podcast. Oh, okay. And yeah, we, he, a few years ago. It was your birthday present. He gifted me 10 days straight of oming for Whoa. my birthday. So we did like the 10, was it 10 days? With day him, challenge? just yeah, to yeah, be yeah. clear. Okay. Because yeah, within yeah. the oming community, it's, for those of you listening, you go back and listen to those shows, but you don't have sex, but you touch the is it clitoris or clitoris stroke. you stroke the clitoris i know how to find the clitoris or clitoris finally but i don't know the right way to say it um but anyway you don't have sex but within that community like we could be like you guys could be a couple totally monogamous and i could be like hey melissa you want to own cool and then they just do that which is weird to me it's yeah way it's, too much intimacy for strangers but that is within some circles in the yes. homing community so when you say that he gifted you that. We're yes, just going to clarify we did it with him. at home Got in it. our in our bedroom, and it. it was amazing because you get cracked wide open, like every chakra. You have to be open, and to experience these deep cervical, godlike orgasms, you have to be open. You have to have an open heart, an open mind. You have to leave all of your crap at the door. You have to leave all of your limiting beliefs at the door. You have to be very authentic, honest, vulnerable, and real and present because you cannot go to those places, that place of bliss, God, unconditional love, whatever you want to call it, whatever you resonate with. You can't go there if you're in your head. And he'll say to me, he's like, he'll, he'll, he knows straight away. He's like, you're in your head, baby. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> and we can't go there together. You really do have to have that openness, don't you? Mm, you do. Well, I think that's the point of a relationship is to, is to see how open you can be together, is to be vulnerable. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. 
All right. Do you want to eat organic, paleo, raw, gluten-free, fair trade, all that, but you feel like you can't afford it, just don't have the budget for it? You go into those big health food stores that will remain unnamed and you just uh, shrug your shoulders and walk out because it's so damn expensive. Uh, You probably have. I hear this from a lot of people. They'll write into the show and be like, dude, I want to follow the lifestyle that you and your guests are living but I just don't have the scratch to eat like that. And what I'm here to tell you is, yes, you do, because now you're gonna know where to shop, where you can save 25 to 50% off. Those are real numbers, real discounts. It's at a place called thrivemarket.com. It's this magical, mystical place where you can get all of the foods and supplements and personal care products and eco-friendly cleaning supplies and all the stuff that create a healthy body and a healthy home for you and for babies and kids. It is an awesome website and I get most of my dry goods there. They also have meat and fish now. I'm just about to check that out. I haven't gotten into that part of it yet. It's a relatively new addition, but I've been using them for years just to get all that stuff that I usually spend so much money on, like you know, your coconut oil and almond butter and macadamia nuts and beef jerky and sardines and all the kind of like snack foods that I keep in the pantry, especially, I just I just get hosed if I go to a regular store. So I go to thrivemarket.com and save 25 to 50% off. But here's what's dope for you as the listener. If you use my link, which is thrivemarket.com forward slash Luke, you're going to get the regular savings, but also an extra 25% off your first order and free shipping and a free 30-day trial. It's pretty cool. So go to thrivemarket.com forward slash Luke. You can also go on YouTube and find a video of me doing an unboxing of uh, everything that I buy there and how much money I save on. It's pretty cool. But I encourage you definitely to get over there, get some healthy stuff at a deep discount. That's thrivemarket.com forward slash Luke. Check it out. And now back to the interview. One thing that I really like about the OM practice is that they uh, talk about this concept of transactional sex or having a sense of commerce and sex. And I think for many men that I know, including myself, there was this quid pro quo sort of thing going on with orgasms. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I love the way you said it, like two people essentially kind of masturbating inside of each other or whatever, you know. But when I was younger and less aware, it was like, well... At the end of this thing, I want to have an orgasm, so I'm going to make sure to give her an orgasm, so then kind of she owes me. I mean, it wasn't that conscious, but it's kind of just the way it goes. You're like, cool, Mm -hmm. did you get your thing? I got my thing, especially when it's more casual encounter, like you described, going out to the bar, meeting someone, having a sort of lower vibration connection. In Omin, it's like the dude doesn't get anything, quotes, end quotes, out of it, other than sharing the energetic experience. Mm. And that harkens back to what you said about just, you know, you're you're good. You don't necessarily have to finish your whole situation, but you make sure that she's taken care of. And that's where your uh, pleasures derive from of having that shared experience. Yeah. Most of the time he doesn't um, orgasm or really? ejaculate. Really? He, he will circulate the en- energy like in Kundalini. He circulates yeah. the energy and uses that energy for his creativity and and for other things. And it's really mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing to experience that, isn't it? Mm, it is. Have you? <laughs> this is like one of the, this is like Bigfoot. 
I don't know if you guys have the myth of Bigfoot mm-hmm. or maybe it's not a myth. This is like um, this is like UFOs, okay? <laughs> is a guy, and I've read books about it. I mean, I'm sure it's. I have a, I have a, a book called uh, the Multi Orgasmic Man. Oh, I yeah. believe well, it's called. Yeah, we've read the Multi Orgasmic Couple. Yeah, and yeah. I have that, and I read it. I'm like, yeah, right. Like, what guy's really doing this? Can you legitimately have an orgasm where you come? We're going to have to make this an adults episode, I just realized. We haven't sworn that much, but it's getting kind of explicit. You can bleep out my F word before. Uh, No, it's fine. I swear on the show and people give me bad reviews on iTunes because of it. Um, But F you guys. (laughs) Um, And now I'm just, now I'm even worse. I'm more offensive now. I I just say F instead of the whole word. But I direct it to the listeners that are offended. Um, But seriously... So you can bust nut without said nut cracking. Or yeah. is it more like you just kind of hold back at the edge and you're just edging and then you just you just stop before it happens? Or do you have an orgasm without the actual stuff coming out? Yeah. So I guess the first point to make is ejaculation and orgasm being two totally separate things. So you've got to for, sort of... For some of you aliens, yes. Go yeah. on. <laughs> Well, I, th- I think, you know, there's the belief that when a male does orgasm, he has to ejaculate, right? So I think we just need to just say, no, that doesn't, that's not actually how it works. You can have, just like the female can have, you can have a full body orgasm without losing semen, to be specific, right? So for me, that's happened a couple of times and almost accidental in terms of, being able to circulate it to become full body orgasmic a couple of times. I don't think it's a very easy practice, but for me to, to not actually ejaculate and to recirculate the energy is very easy. I do that every time just about. I didn't do it tonight though because there was a mirror and she was just looking really hot. And I could, I, I, I could, like this hotel mirror is Hotel like, flaw. Yeah, it was the hotel. Well, spot. when you're traveling, sometimes sex is hot. You know, yeah, the yeah. environment changes and it's a stimulating situation in general, you know? There's a novelty uh, mm-hmm. in that. Maybe it was jet lag. But um, <laughs> yeah, so for me, the practice of actually circulating, and I did an episode called Conscious Ejaculation, which is a coin, uh, sorry, a term that I coined because I couldn't think of a better way to say it. It's kind of you're consciously going into the act of making love with a decision beforehand whether or not you're going to ejaculate. And the decision to do that means that you are retaining that power and the feminine is going to challenge you the whole time. So you're going to want to make you because that's the, the, I guess the measure of a good feminine is that going to make you step up and they're going to test you. Right. So you go into that lovemaking session knowing I'm not going to, or I'm going to, and then holding back or circulating it and just being in full service, even though she may in the, in the height of that moment, want you to, the fact that you don't means she'll trust you more. Because she knows she's that you've got her. Damn, you're dope. I can try to take in. I don't need to take notes because I'll listen back to this. This is good stuff. Get it transcribed. Good stuff. You could be my coach, my sex coach. All right, I finally got a girlfriend. What do I do, Nick? Listen to my podcast. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. What's the name of your podcast, by the way? I have. I admittedly have not heard it yet. I'm sorry. That's all right. The Nick Broadhurst Show. Oh, cool. Wow, mm. got creative there, huh? <laughs> really creative. <laughs> yeah. both of them. Used we'll, to be something else, but I we'll, changed it. <laughs> we'll, link, we'll link to it. And you interview people or you just riff? It's just me. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. courageous. Mm. I've only done, I did one solo show and it was episode number one, your intro. And then 
the only other way I do it is if I go to a live talk, I'll record it. And if I think it was decent, then I'll put it out as an episode. But sitting there alone in your studio on the mic is very daunting. Even doing these intros, I'll do an intro for this and, you know, talk about what we discussed in the episode and stuff. And I'm like, oh God, it's so nerve wracking. Yeah. I can sit here and do this for, you know, 24 hours straight, which sometimes I almost do on this show. But uh, yeah, the solo stuff, man. Kudos. I'm going to have to listen to that. Mm. So I, any- feel, I feel my most comfortable when I'm being super vulnerable. It's interesting. Kind of weird, but. And he's got so much to share, not only on conscious relationships, but he talks about spirituality, entrepreneurship, creativity, health, health, yeah. everything. He covers everything and he's got so much to share. Well, because life is full spectrum. So. You know, in order for me to become who I've become, and I'm very happy with who I am, and I feel like I have a long way to go. I feel like I'm in consciousness kindergarten, really. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's the full gamut. Like you need to go into all areas. And I think that's, that's what I wanted to share with people is that this work of self-development is holistic, you know. It's really important to address all these things. And you could have all this stuff, but if you didn't know about being of service to your partner in in lovemaking, you're missing out on so much that then floods through into other other areas of your life, you know. So once you get the whole thing working as an ecosystem, everything else starts to function better, you know. But that doesn't mean that everything's perfect. Like we've had our challenges. I've spoken very candidly about my challenges on my podcast, but that's the point of being in relationship and being a human being is that you are going to experience light and dark in equal measure your entire life. And if you think it's going to be more light than dark, you're delusional because there is no such thing as that. You know, there is yin and yang. They're, they're perfectly balanced. So that's been a big wake up call for me is realizing that we have just as many challenges as we have support with each other. And once we really embrace that, we now look at the support and sorry, look at those challenging times and go, okay, cool. This is just part of the game together that we're playing, you know. This is a growth period. It's a growth period. Mm. And right now I'd say we're in definitely in a support period where we're we're just really strongly aligned and, and everything's flowing beautifully. That's good that that happened when you're on a trip. <laughs> that you're in, I know. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you've had those experiences where you travel with someone and it all falls apart. Like, well, we ah, we had still... a trip to Greece just a few months ago, and it was a tough one. We weren't aligned on some stuff. Oh. It was really challenging. Mm. It was a really, it was great. It was beautiful, but it was challenging. No, we were aligned, but some stuff yes. came up for me. Right, there's some triggers which so, were yeah, some triggers that came up for me and uh, stuff for me to look at and work work on, and so. Yeah, that was really challenging. It was challenging time. But, you know, we're so – we're in this. We're committed. We're in it. He's constantly doing the work on himself. I'm constantly doing the work on myself. Like we're seeking mentors and and, Mm. uh, coaches when we need it. Um, You don't have to do this thing called life on your own. And it's okay to ask for support and help and guidance. We still do all the time from our our guides and our mentors mm. and our coaches. And I think that's really important. And whatever area in your life that you need a little bit of extra support, reach out. Reach out to the person or the people who are excelling at it ahead of you. And there's no shame in that. When one of you... Uh, is tripping out as you said you get triggered by something and i guess that's the beauty of being in a relationship with someone who's self-aware to some degree is they realize like okay i want to kill you right now but i know that this is my shit 
You know, that's that's a wonderful thing to have. I have relationships like that with my friends. They're like, I'm really pissed, but I can see right now it's my it's my shit, you know, but I'm still pissed. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a great place to be. But when you guys have conflict like that, other than taking responsibility for your own feelings, emotions, your own baggage, your past, how do you resolve conflict? How do you guys communicate when it's, <laughs> yeah, when both, it's successful? You can see we both went to talk that because we, we know this so well. <laughs> well, we've spoken about it as well, but we... We have had to learn this because the faster you get this, the faster you move through stuff and the faster you grow together. And it's actually quite simple, but so freaking hard to do. And actually, this is something which Melissa speaks about in her book, Open Wide, and it comes down to one phrase. And if you can remember this phrase, it changes everything for you in not just your romantic relationships, but everything. And that phrase is, nothing good comes from closing. Mm. Right, so that's what we do, isn't it? Yeah, we you know, close. when you start to feel threatened, it's like contract, mm-hmm. withdraw into yourself. It's just such an innate reaction, and it's really hard to get back when there's two people who are closed. And so, what has to happen in that situation? One of you has to yield. One of you has to yield. At some which point. means getting vulnerable, absolutely, and being willing to still get hurt, <laughs> and just be sort of like, oh, I can see it, I can feel it. I'm closing, but I'm probably the less triggered one here. I'm going to do my best to open and just give yourself that space and like, okay, and you don't want to do it. It's really hard, but you roll back over in bed and you start playing with their hair or something just to say, oh God, but that sucks so bad when you do that. And then the person's like, get away, dick. And and they're like, ah, and then you're like, and they will. Oh God, that's that's the the worst. That's the challenge. You know, you've got to move through that and say, the minute that you commit to opening, and it doesn't always happen this way. I mean, I think it was a couple of weeks ago I opened up to something and I really stayed at it for like a good couple of hours. I was like, I was trying. And then after like so many knockbacks, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> and then it carried into the next day, but I was like, I was on the precipice of moving through something really big with Melissa and I just didn't quite get there. But the minute that you yield, eventually the other person's going to crack open if you just stay in that heart space you stay open and so for us that phrase of nothing good comes from closing once you know it you're sort of signed up to no longer be really shitty and average because you've got a key that can unlock any situation God, it's so true because it, you know i think the propensity to close comes from wanting to teach the other person what to do and what not to do right it's like if i close i'm like i'm punishing you bitch don't act like that don't do this don't do that or to be right yeah yeah but it doesn't it doesn't actually work though that's the thing it's a faulty uh tool it doesn't work because the other person closes and then there's no resolution it's just the worst and all it all closing is going to do is prolong the pain mm-hmm. right and, and it, you increase take it, it and well. increase it and mm. prolong it and you're going to take it into the next day mm. and then the next day and then the week and then the following week. And so like we both have this deep level of self-awareness where we're like, we may as well just talk about it now and get over it. And sometimes we stay closed for maybe a few hours. You know, we used to go to bed angry and then and and closed and we put a really firm line in the sand that we will not do that ever again. Whatever needs to be resolved must be resolved that night because we don't want to carry that into the next day so true i do that with myself i mean even just being alone and single i if i'm if i got something on my mind i have to work it out before i go to bed 
totally. something that has to be discussed with anyone or just journaling or praying or whatever it is. Yeah, that's the worst when you go to bed with something. It almost like it cements it in. Totally. So, you know, it like locks it into your subconscious and then you can't get out of that pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, do either of you ever have any issues with jealousy or anything like that? Do you get possessive with one another or, or mistrustful or anything like that? Definitely not mistrustful. No, I've definitely never, not mistrustful. I've never felt, I've experienced it in in every relationship I've had. I know I've had partners who have been, I don't want to say like, it sounds like a judgment when someone else, uh, you know, has an affair or something like that. But I'm equally contributing to them going somewhere else. It took me a while to realize that. Like, you know, it's so easy to go, you, you're the one who did this. You're the one who did that. You went off with that person. And it's like, whoa, hang on. Like, what did you do to make her? You didn't have your cervical orgasm down Correct. here, clearly. I definitely, <laughs> definitely was lacking that tool. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm totally making light of your heartbreak, but <laughs> no. uh, you know, I think, yeah, that that that's a very good uh, assertion mm. and, and realization there. You know that even when one has been quote unquote wronged, it's like, well, you participated in that relationship to whatever degree, recreating you everything. in a position. Yeah, and it's it's always a co-creation. Two, so it takes two. So you don't really, so you don't really get the jealousy thing. Wow, that's such a relief. Um, what, what kind of issues do you guys have if you, you know, when, uh, you know, when you're pissed at him recently and he was making that effort to not close, like what kind of shit do you guys bicker about or have mainly, challenges with? Mainly the biggest thing is, and something that I'm really working through at the moment for me is parenting. Being a parent to Leo is a huge trigger for me. He reflects back to me so much that I need to heal with my mom and some family stuff and some family tree stuff. So he is a a very big mirror and it's taken me a little while to see that. Mm. And before that, it had played out as confrontation. So we would bicker around Leo really was our was our biggest thing and and parenting not not we're aligned on how we believe to parent and mm. that's another thing that you need to be aligned on when right. you're getting with someone like right. if he believes in smacking kids and I don't how is that going to work oh yeah it's so important yeah you need to talk about this stuff before you potentially have children yeah. with someone else yeah um, there's a there's a lot there's a lot you have to talk about with kids before you decide to do that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. You've got vaccines and circumcision and what they're going to eat and breastfeeding and all sorts of things that are that really have an impact on a kid's life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And I see it all the time. I see I see people get together, have a kid, and one believes in vaccinations, one doesn't. One believes in McDonald's, one doesn't, and it's just like this. Budding heads. Yeah. Can constantly. you imagine the paleo parent and the vegan parent like trying to figure out paleo dad's like if you breastfeed it, they're not vegan anyway. So let's just go yeah. like <laughs> let's get a cheeseburger. Yeah. Interesting. So yes, that that makes sense. I can mm. I can imagine that. That that must be challenging. I think blended families in general present a whole other set of lessons as I can imagine. You totally. Know? Like yeah. it's not it's not natural, it's normal and it's common. So many people are in blended families and Nick's parents are still together. My parents are still together. So we don't know what being in a blended family is something that I've really had to learn 
how to navigate because it's it's not normal. It's I mean it's not natural. Yeah. It's not how in our culture it's not. Yeah, exactly. Bonobos, they get down with it, no problem. <laughs> totally. <laughs> no, but it's true. When you look at indigenous people, you know, when you study tribes and things like that, which I do oftentimes just to study their social structures and things like that. And oftentimes the the couple that procreates and has the kid doesn't even raise the kid. The kid's like raised by the village and stuff, you know? Totally. Even even now, like uh, indigenous peoples in Africa, the one baby's passed around to any lady that's lactating. Mm. Just, you know, there's things like that. So, mm. but, but in our in our nuclear family, you know, our parents of the 40s and 50s or whenever they were about, I mean, this, it, it wasn't kind of normal, you know? Mm-hmm. Ideally, you get married young, you have two kids, you all stay together and the blending is a relatively new phenomenon in Western culture. There's no exact science to it yet. But even if you look at the tribal example, um, that's just an example of a larger family. They're right. St- they're still a family. Right, that's true. And they're still together. And they still have the understanding of how that's all going to work. Right. But when you separate and you have all of a sudden, you know, my Leo's mother, my ex-wife, and you have Melissa, my, my wife now, and it's normally in a relationship like that, you you part ways, you know, and right. now there's this connection right. to this, this person, <laughs> right. you know, and you parted ways because you were no longer aligned. Right. Right. But now you are connected through this child right? and you have to find a way to find unity. Otherwise it's incredibly challenging. And, you know, we found our way. Mm. We didn't always have unity, but we have, we have unity now, which is mm. great, but it's taken a while. Mm. I thank God. Cause it's, it's not pleasant. Well, also, you're, you're, you know, your kid's 12, and that's the time that nature starts going, okay, now, kid, you got to start hating your parents and doing all kinds of crazy shit because we want you to learn how to go out and survive on your own. I mean, literally, it's biologically sort of set that they're going to start asserting themselves, you know, soon. Mm-hmm. Not like every kid is going to go start smoking crack and, you know, robbing people or something like that, but there definitely is that natural separation. Mm-hmm. And having had a stepmom when I was a kid, I mean, we did not get along at all Mm. you know there's jealousy about the original mom there you know like the whole gets gets convoluted Mm. and that's another thing like there has to be what i talk about in the book is crystal clear communication and you know from day one nick has been really clear with me and respectful you know and and said to leo like melissa is another equal parent like he's been, you know, really, really respectful in that way. And that's helped me that's transition cool. yeah, into yeah. this new role that I now play. And right. uh, which at the start, I was just floundering. I was like, what the <laughs> right. F am I doing? Like right. I was reading every freaking conscious parenting book under the sun. Like I was like, what am I doing? I, I've just been thrust a seven-year-old. Like, mm. how do I do this? Not yeah. easy. It's challenging. You know, yeah. and it's it's it was really a big lesson and growth for me. Um, but Nick has been amazing the whole way. He's he's very much, um, yeah, really practiced crystal clear communication with myself and with Leo, and that's really helped. And Leo's been incredibly patient. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And I've he's- sat him down, and I've I've said to him. You know, I feel like I'm really sucking as a stepmom right now. <laughs> and I just want you to know it's got nothing to do with you and I love you. But, you know, this relationship triggers 
my stuff with my mom. And that was incredibly vulnerable for me to even do. Yeah, but a 12-year-old. Like I was sweating, shaking, and sat them both down when we were in Greece and on this holiday. Oh, and I, yeah, the, the I infamous just, Greece trip. The infamous <laughs> Greece trip. Yeah. yeah. And it when the was, wheels fell off a little bit. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Did, yeah. Big growth. Big growth mm. on that trip. Other than having the context of, you know, I forget how you phrased it, but you know, wanting to be happy rather than wanting to be right. Like, you know, nothing good ever comes of closing your heart, right? Aside from that, just as a a framework, do you guys have any specific communication or conflict resolution tools you use? Like, for example, as a man, I find it difficult if the woman I'm in a relationship with just walks in the room, it's like, hey, I got a problem with da-da-da-da-da, and just starts unloading some shit that I'm not like mentally prepared to handle. So, for me, I really need like, hey, I have a problem. When's a good time to talk about it? We set aside. I get my masculine energy. I get ready to not be a dick, to not close. I get all prepared. I mean, there's tools that I've learned over the years that just help compassionate communication. What do you guys do in order to not escalate conflict? Is there any tricks you might be able to share? I talk about it in the book and we talk a lot about it on our podcasts. Um, it's called CCC. Crystal clear communication. A lot of us aren't practicing that. And what that actually is, is opening your heart and speaking your truth to that other person. A lot of us, and especially women, we think you men can read our minds and yeah. you can't. Yeah, it's really annoying. Ladies. I know. I'm like, can you guys work <laughs> on that? Seriously. But you can't. And so it takes. And, and, and we could also say to the men, maybe, um, yeah, and. We we can't read minds, but also don't try to fix their problems, guys. Just shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. Totally, <laughs> right? Totally. And we've we have I've had to say to him like I've had to open my heart, open wide. I've had to open my heart. I've had to be really honest, really vulnerable, and say to him like, I don't want you to say anything. I just want you to listen, and that's how I work. And I've had I know how he works. Like you, I can't fire things at him. I can't fire quit otherwise, and he can't do that to me. He knows how I work. So we've actually said, hey, this is how I work. This It's just about practicing crystal clear communication, speaking from your heart, and you will get the other person's heart. But if you're speaking from your head, you're going to get their head. If you're like, you're a dick, don't do that. Don't come in here and bark orders at me. But if you say, when you walk in and you bark all of these orders at me, it makes me feel really overwhelmed and I don't know where to start and it causes anxiety and cortisol to run through my veins. Do you think we could make a list and then approach it later or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. Practicing crystal clear communication is our our best tool. Do mm. you agree? Or do you have something else? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think just also the, the solo work that we do, you know, just having a meditation practice. Same as you, you know, we do a Vedic meditation practice twice a day, 20 minutes and being able to dip into that transcendent state, experiencing being every day and then developing, cultivating that level of self-awareness so that when these situations arise, you can actually become the witness in that moment and be, okay, cool. I know what's going on here and just sort of be present with it. And it's not always perfect. Like, trust me, I suck at crystal clear communication sometimes and so does Melissa. Like, you know, we're human. Like we, we fall down. But we have the tools and it helps us move through it. But we've had to learn that. 
had to write a book on it to figure it out. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You teach what you mostly do. Two books, two podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. World tour. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of, you were talking about polarity and, and masculine and feminine energy. And I was curious about, you know, now that some of your, uh, you're the CEO of her company, you guys have money and a business that's intermingled within your romantic relationship. How do you keep the polarity there mm. so that there's masculine and feminine and attraction when you're in kick-ass, let's make money and conquer the world mode? Because I know you, in order to do what you do, Melissa, and be as successful as you are, you have access to a lot of masculine energy. A hundred percent. Right? So 100%. how do you, like, do you guys lay in bed and, like, talk about your bank balance and shit? Absolutely <laughs> freaking not. <laughs> no but, numbers in bed. No numbers in bed. But we have had to fumble our way through this mm-hmm. because there have been, we've had to draw some very firm boundaries around this. Cause when you work and live with your beloved, there was times where we worked until midnight together, going around, going at it, going at it, you know, doing launches and all sorts of crazy things, creating sales pages and all sorts of wild things into the night and we'd get in bed and it's ideas and brainstorming and let's do this and let's do that. And it got to the point where it was just all go, 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 work, work, work. And I'm like, hang on a minute. First and foremost, we are lovers. We are lovers. And if we're not making love regularly, then we're just business partners and, and what's roommates. The point? Yeah. And what's the point? What's the point. So, and that, like Nick said before, that's the, only thing that we share that you, we can't do with anyone else. Well, that's our chosen, that we have chosen not to do with anyone else. It's this sacred, special container that we have together. And so we've had to draw some very firm boundaries and we both work from home as well, which doesn't bother Nick so much, but it really, it's it's a lot for me because I, this is my my kingdom. You know, this is my sacred space. As the feminine, we love pottering. We love being in our space, cooking and doing the things in the home. We love nesting, being in the home. And if the masculine's always there, the feminine can't fully express her feminine. And so we've had to set some boundaries um, around working outside of the house, around no work talk, no phones, no laptops, after like five thirty, six o'clock, we're very good at this. Oh, you are! That's yeah. awesome. We, we sit, haven't we sit always down been... for dinner every night at five thirty. Really? Yeah. We oh, eat at five thirty cool. together with Leo, um, and then after that, it's like family time. It's, it's wow. we play, play. games, it's play, and yeah, we play games yeah. as a family. Or we, if Leo's not there, we get into bed, and that's yeah. our time to play. And we read and make love and talk. That's our time to connect. But we had to. Do the opposite to then learn yeah. what was right for us. You so know, you're not we, laying in bed like making love. Then, hey, let's work on that sales page. <laughs> no, but we have, we have done that, and you learned that it didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah, you yeah. know, normally someone will start talking about something in bed, or and we'll be like, uh, uh-uh. whoa, whoa, like please, let's not go there. You yeah, 
And and the thing is, is like there we like Nick said, we all have masculine and feminine energy. Everyone here has both, right? And in order for you to be and show up as the best version of yourself, you need to have an equal balance of both of those within yourself and then within your partnership. But if you're too masculine and he's in his masculine, you're going to butt heads. Yeah. And if I'm too feminine and he's feminine, again, you're going to butt heads. So it's about coming back to taking responsibility for yourself and how you're showing up, making sure that you are balanced within your masculine and feminine and they are as well. It comes back to the self-work. So for me, I'm in my masculine when I'm working, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. I'm creating, I'm writing sales pages. I'm doing all of this stuff. I'm touring, you know, looking at Zencaster and statistics and stuff. And that requires me to step more into my masculine. But then when I close my laptop, I need to do whatever it is that I need to do to balance and get back into my feminine. So for me, it's like, having an Epsom salt bath, going into the infrared sauna, doing some yoga, meditation, even having a shower and putting on something a little bit more feminine or like a skirt or tying my hair up or putting a lipstick on, just whatever it is that makes you feel maybe we'll have a dance, maybe we have a sing-off in the car or something like that. Changing the energy. Changing the Mm, energy mm -hmm. and changing, Tony Robbins calls it. State change. State change, changing the state. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, call, we call it a whoosh. Yeah, you can call it a whoosh or or whatever it is. And so it's my responsibility to have that level of awareness to go, right, I have been go, go, go all day. I've been looking at zero and balance sheets and profit and loss statements and things like that. Maybe I've just come from an accounting meeting. And it's my responsibility to now step into wife and mama mode and cook a beautiful dinner and have that beautiful connection with my family. Um, But if I stay in that masculine mode, we just end up butting heads. Yeah. And there's no lovemaking that night. Yeah, no chemistry. No chemistry. I've experienced that. That's so cool. What you guys are uh, bringing right now is so valuable for people, especially today when there are more laptops you know, uh, workers and, and things like that, entrepreneurs and people that travel around and want to be like power couples. I think a lot of people are probably unaware of the potential demise if you're not um, in tune with your own masculine and feminine. I mean, I'm super creative, super feeling, super feminine, artistic, making music. I mean, to me, creating is the most feminine thing ever, but not in a relationship. I'm not that. That's not my role. I'm not down with that at all. Like mm-hmm. when, you know the romance thing is happening. It's like, just doesn't work, you mm-hmm. know? But you got to each, I think, have that self-awareness, right? Where you have access because you have access. You're an artist, man. I mean, art is super feminine. It's a challenge because, you know, what I do in her business is very masculine. Yeah. And I mean, we have teams now and I've been able to step out a lot more and I've got very firm boundaries. I don't have email anymore. Like I've, I've really managed. Oh my God. What? You're my hero, bro. Know, we need too. to talk. We need to do another <laughs> He retired from email. Email is my entire life, like literally every day. It's just ding, 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 ding. I check my phone after I meditate. It's like, you have 75 unread messages. Great. And that's not even like, I haven't even gotten to my thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. For me. After you do that. Yeah. Look, I. You literally don't use email? Yeah. So I I reached a point where I still use the tool and I'll explain how I do it briefly, but. You did a podcast episode on it. No, I'm going to. Oh. I'm waiting till I've fully embedded the success of what I've achieved and then I'm going to disseminate that 
in a way that's easy for people to follow. But I did one called Inbox Zero, which helped people spend less time right. in their inbox, right? And be really efficient, which is what I managed to get to. But with, you know, I've produced movies and I have my music. I've got Melissa's business. We have, you know, thousands and thousands of people in our doTERRA team. I have a podcast. There's a lot going on. I'm a dad. I'm a son. You know, there's, there's stuff, right? And we're renovating a house. We're renovating a new home. It's like, <laughs> it's all happening. And before we went to Greece, about a month before that, I said, you know what? I'm not going to Greece with an inbox. I'm going to retire before I hit Greece. And I was like, I literally reached this point of desperation because I wasn't writing music. And I said, that's my line in the sand is Greece because I don't want to be away with my family. It's the first time we took Leo to Europe with us. I don't want to be checking email. Like, I'm in freaking Greece. What am I doing checking my inbox, right? But people need me. People need me. They need responses from me. And I thought, no, they don't. They just need answers from someone who knows how to think like me. So I set out finding someone who could replace me and I actually managed to find someone. Wow. I trained them up and I filmed myself doing emails for Holy days. Holy shit. You and did a Mr. Smith from The Matrix. You like made more of yourself. I did. Yeah, it was a bit of a... I so you called f- her in somehow. So you filmed someone answering your emails and now someone is just basically acts as you, like a VA or a, a personal assistant? The, the intention was to just manage my daily affairs, my inbox. Okay. Um, so I, I filmed myself screen flow for uh-huh. two days clearing like saying, my inbox. this is how mm-hmm. I would respond to, to this. this person right. when this legal contract comes in for that film and this, because, you know, it's complex stuff. So yeah. I just filmed it. I was like, this is going to be the most boring two days of your life, but here's like 20 hours worth of emails. Yeah. Go and watch that. And we just developed a way to work together and I kind of, I scored big time with this girl, Brooke. You know, she's a lifesaver and she's now gone on to become Melissa's assistant and kind of running both our businesses in the matter of like three months. Wow. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. Incredible. Wow. And, and I, you know, you must have really good karma. I was going to say, <laughs> I called her in somehow. Yeah. But what he then does is, is we use an app called Voxer. Got it. Yeah. I use that, yeah. So Brooke will then vox us, say, hey, Luke Stories just confirmed the interview on Tuesday night at blah, blah, blah. Which she did say. Yeah. yeah. You know, all the details are in your calendar. And we'll be like, cool. So that, instead of us responding to the email, that's what oh, she does. Oh, God. But Tim Ferriss, I read that he um, has a phone call a day with his assistant. So he does a similar thing where he'll then jump on the phone for 15 minutes and she will go, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. We do same sort of thing but with voxer oh that's smart you could have someone yeah i see that mm-hmm. like i could have that 75 emails that are there by 10 a.m and someone else read them and go here's the gist of this here's the gist of that yes no maybe da, da, da. Hmm. but a lot and of she it may is, answer 50 of them for you yeah a lot of right. it she could probably answer like she it might be like we need luke's bio for this speaking gig like you don't right. need to do that yes thank you I don't. do you know what i mean like she can I'm do that far too important i'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding but no that's dude like as you guys know the more stuff you get involved in like what happens is it just makes your email box grow like mm-hmm. people think success is this you know glamorous thing I, I find the more successful i am it's just in a way it's more of a pain in the ass until you learn how to systematize things and mm-hmm. well pains- you know outsource and all that which i have over the years i mean i'm being melodramatic uh of course just because i'm that way but pain i is like where signal. you're going dude 
Yeah, pain is the the signal to change. And, it is. And I just reached that point like, am I really going to let this piece of technology and the number of little unread emails dictate mm-hmm. that little goddamn red what I circle. put out in the world? Is that, that going to stop me circle. writing music? You know, Son of a bitch. It's interesting though because I created all this white space and it gets it immediately filled in with opportunity. No, but mm. that's because that's your personality. Like Nick is a serial creator and entrepreneur and so literally he created all of this white space because he was spending hours a day in his inbox not doing what his soul wants to do which is create music and all this white space became available and so his brain immediately is like let's create this next program and app and this and that and it's like create 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 (laughs) and it's they are distractions from his true work which is to write and produce music beautiful music yeah so that's something that he has to always working on that be mindful of always but i'm at that point where it's it's super painful to not be doing it yeah so not to be writing music so you know i've gone now really deep into music production and and becoming the master of my own domain because i have a producer but you know just really taking ownership over that and that's the only way i can really Say I've got no excuses now, because if you know what to do, everything in the studio. Because I can produce, but to put that final magic on it, it's yeah, you know, it takes a long time. In to America, learn that. we call that final magic the sticky icky. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> but you icky. you produce this to a degree. Yeah, I, I that's produce. like the the sticky is like when you're retouching in it, you know, a photo, and it's like it's that yes. one last little boom, boom. Yeah, or, you know, you put the. The freaking maraca, the one, the missing maraca on the track that gives it that counter rhythm, you know, and it's like that was the thing that made it. Uh, I want to ask you guys about about one more thing, and it was the very first thing we kind of talked about before we wrap up here. So you totally just you guys seem to be you're married for a few years now. You seem to be working it out, you know. Of course, as we've discussed, there are challenges that arise, and you work through them. And the relationship is this amazing vehicle for your own individual growth. And you're modeling the type of relationship that I think I would want to have. It looks idyllic, although obviously challenging at times. Having been someone that's struggled a lot in this area, admittedly, I've talked about it on my show with my various guests. It's one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you too. Like, wow, you're you're doing the thing that I would like to do. But there's a part of the formula that's very mysterious to me, and that is the fact that you went so damn fast. And all wisdom that I've you know, gotten from the elders is like, Luke, your problem has been you always go too fast. You lead with sex, you jump right in, you just go 100 miles an hour, you don't really know the person. Then later on, after a few months or a couple of years or whatever it is, then you find out who the person is, they find out how you are, and you know, it erupts and um, you have to evacuate the scene. So now my whole thing is like, okay, I'm never doing that shit again. I'm going to date someone for a year before we kiss. And I you know, I'm like, have all these very grandiose plans about going back to this biblical, very Quaker-like dating, courting thing where I pay for the movies and kiss them on the cheek and run out of there, you know, as all these fantasies of the formula of success. You guys meet, you're talking about getting married on the first goddamn date and it worked out. What is up with that? I think you kind of answered it yourself. Like, you know, you're, I guess you're putting expectations out there already for what it's going to be or what it might not be. And that's the key is to not have any expectations. 
because then it allows the other person just to show up and be who they really are. And so when you're going in there masking things by doing things because some elder told you to do it a certain way, you're blocking this person from just being themselves. And then you don't get to see them, you know? And so for me, it's like if there's alignment and it's rocking, go. Like what are you waiting for? Like why wait? So that was your experience? Had you had experiences either of you before where you thought there's alignment and it's rocking and then you jumped in fast and like poof, got your ass blown off? No. Uh, okay. I didn't. No. I see. This was like I've nothing I've ever experienced before. So yeah, when we first got together, there was no expectations. None. It was just literally coming together and talking and and there was so much presence. Neither of us were in our head. And there was so much just trusting our intuition and trusting the feeling. It's like Nick said, it was almost like we were being guided. It was coming home. And I think your intuition always knows. And I'd never felt this before with any of my ex-partners ever. It was like home. Oh, this is so familiar. This is so effortless and and easy um, and and everything and every cell in my being was just guiding me, guiding me to the next catch up, guiding me like we the first couple of dates or or times we got together it was just literally spent hours and hours talking hours and hours talking and just deeply connecting, talking very openly, very honestly, very authentically and very vulnerably. Like we didn't have any expectations. And I think a lot of people enter relationships with this long list of expectations and expectations ruin relationships. And instead of just showing up as the best version of yourself, we have this Excel spreadsheet of expectations and we're not present. So we can't really fully see the other person. We can't see and experience the magic that could potentially be there. And maybe it's not like maybe that person isn't who who is meant to be with you, but maybe they are and you're so in your head and you're not seeing it. You're also, because so, you were like, I should do this or maybe I should do that. You're just shooting all over yourself, right? And that's just blocking you from just showing up the way that is just you. So perhaps there's no pat formula for protecting oneself from harm's way, right? I think it was what I'm looking for. It's like, okay, what are the 10 steps to like not get destroyed, you know, in a year oh, period or something? It's very easy. Yeah. How can you be destroyed if you're whole? Right. Yeah. Tell that to my half self <laughs> but but that is the key yeah but what you know what that you're is saying is yeah this is the wisdom of the elders this is you know the the more prudent way of easing into a relationship slowly and building intimacy over time and you know uh, building a friendship with someone before you just like your whole relationship is built on like you said the foundation i forget the word you used for the foundation like if the foundation of a relationship is sex and that's like the number one thing that you try to patch everything else on top of. Wisdom of the ages says that there's a likelihood that it might not have legs to stand on. Mm -hmm. What you guys are describing is not having any preconceived notions or attachments to any particular formula, 
but really being in touch with your intuition and letting that guide you from mm-hmm. that sense of self-awareness. And in your particular case, it was just, you're both just like, yep, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. There is wasn't, what, I, is there, what I'm hearing. Exactly. No there wasn't yeah. any thought about it. Right. It was, it just was. And it was just like guided intuition was just like, hell yeah. And we have a saying, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. I that's love that. That's how we live our life and do business. Yeah. It's not a hell yeah, it's a no. And yeah. for us, it was just a hell yeah. Well, we, we, we know couples who we feel like have had a similar connection to us. And what's common amongst that is that everyone has always said the same thing that before they met their one and they'd heard that saying, you know, you, you know when you know. Mm-hmm. No one believes that. Until you experience, Until you experience it. it. Right, right. And then you experience it and you're like, oh. oh. Yeah. And you just know. You yeah, because I had so many friends it. say that to me. When you know, you know. And I was like, whatever. That's the biggest load of yeah. BS I've ever heard. And then when I knew, I called my best friend and I was like, oh, my God. I know. And she's wow. like, you know? And I'm like, I just know. Dead set, I know. It's like the easiest decision. Marrying him was the easiest thing I've ever done. There was no question about it. Like my our parents, even our parents, like you could expect that they may have shit come up. Like you're rushing into this, Melissa. Like don't you yeah. think you should slow down? Yeah. And our parents, once they met each other, they were like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you guys are wow. you guys are soulmates, of course. Whoa. Yeah. And my our parents used to joke that I'd be sprinting down the aisle. And we were like I just we just wanted to be married. Mm. We just wanted we were like let's just go get the paper. Like we just love each other so much. And this is fi- almost 5 years ago now. Yeah. And we just wanted to be married. We didn't want the whole big shebang. We just wanted to have that union. And yeah, it, it, our parents were just like, yeah, knowing us, like they, they are the people that know us very deeply. And they were like, of course, of course that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And Melissa has been a blessing to my family. She's cracked my dad wide open. Oh, wow. You know, it's two birds of one stone, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very efficient, wasn't it? Yeah. A lot of feminine love power. That's, yeah. 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 So yeah, I think that's the main thing is if you're if you've done the work and you are showing up as yourself, then eventually someone may, may not, who knows? It depends on your path, but someone may just come along and you're just like, oh, okay. And it's not even exciting, it's just is. Mm, it's just it like, just is. Just yeah. like, okay, cool. I get Calm. it. Let's go. Let's well, do you it. Guys- I'm so inspired. It's great to meet you guys and just experience what you guys are sharing. It's really, really special. And thank you for coming in, not only sharing with me, but sharing it with all the thousands of people that are going to be listening to this. It's really cool. And it's just very timely right now because I've been on such a, as I said, an exploration of Mm. all things relationship and specifically by withdrawing for, for a considerable period of time now and just working on myself and observing and learning and just reevaluating my whole mm, view on the thing so it's just mm. cool to sit here i really am observing you guys like zoo animals and it's like <laughs> whoa how, did, how are they doing this thing these strange creatures that are like seemingly like have a meaningful and uh you know like we keep seeing not a perfect relationship of course but 
one that is productive. Let's just say it that mm. way. You know, it's perfectly it, imperfect. It, it's mm-hmm. it's productive. Like mm-hmm. the goal individually, the goals are being accomplished. You're each growing. You're doing it together. There's unity. There's harmony, and you're helping a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, uh, not the least of which being the ones listening. So where can we find, uh, where can we find you guys on social media and stuff? Websites, all that. Yeah. I'm at melissaambrosini.com. My podcast is called the Melissa Ambrosini show. I hang out on Instagram a lot. That's Melissa Ambrosini. Yeah. Head to my website, sign up to my newsletter. You can get all the information on my books when I'm speaking, e-courses, everything. So Mm. they're my three places. Yeah, my website's IamNickBroadhurst.com. My Instagram is IamNickBroadhurst. I am Nick Broadhurst. How about that? And my podcast is The Nick Broadhurst Show. And of course, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to music, just search for Nick Broadhurst. Rad. And, and follow can, the album. You can check out my my music, yeah. Awesome. That's, yeah, that's my main stuff. goal, really. Is to, yeah. Because what I feel when I produce and write that music is... It's just the most expansive, beautiful thing, and I want that to be felt by other people. So everything I do is to make sure that people get that music in their hands so they can feel what I felt when I wrote it. Awesome. Mm. And who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced your work that our listeners might be able to go look up and learn from as well? You go, darling. Oh, you have definitely been one of my biggest teachers. Absolutely. I think... I have to say Louise Hay because she was instrumental. She was the first, one of the first spiritual books that I picked up, You Can Heal Your Life, Um, and Conversations with God. Neil Donald Walsh, big, big teacher. That book is life-changing. Everyone needs to read it. Especially atheists. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Open-minded atheists. Yeah. And I mean, if you struggle well, with the it's, word. Well, it's not a religious book, though. That's that's yeah. why I say that. It's, it has nothing sure. to do with religion. But I, I think if you're a thoughtful person, you could read that book and say, this this message came from uh, some divine intelligence. Exactly. Way, yeah. And yeah, I say, if you can't, if you struggle with the word God, change it to love, change it to bliss, change it to whatever, so you can get through that book because it's life-changing. Yeah, right on. I Yeah, I'd have to so it's hard to go past that book because of the impact it had on me in that moment on the boat and bringing us together ultimately. Right, Creating right. a space, you know. So I definitely would have to point to Neil Donald Walsh. But Very auspicious that, mm-hmm. yeah. It is. I mean, David Dieter with his work with The Way of the Superior Man and Dear Lover. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, when it comes to not just relationships, but just knowing yourself, if you don't have that core understanding of the masculine and the feminine, how that plays out in your life, how it plays out in your relationships. I feel like there was Nick before masculine and feminine understanding and there's Nick after. And they're two very different people. I was given a roadmap to know myself and it's it's the fundamentals really. Like it really is the fundamentals. In many ways I see also like Ayurveda to me is another sort of key to the matrix. It's a way of looking at life through a lens that gives so much clarity. So definitely Neil Donald Walsh, definitely David Dieter. Yeah, I think I'd have to point to some musicians as well because there's something that happens when you listen to a song that no book can do. You know, there's a song which... Sure. There's a song that brought me back to music, which was Weird Fishes by Radiohead. Don't know it. Mm, yeah, and it just... so good. 
you know, it just, I remember hearing it. I don't know how I missed the song. And I heard it maybe four or five years ago. Oh, God, how long? How long have we been together? Maybe, five. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, six maybe years six ago six I heard it and I just went, holy crap, what am I doing with my life? Like, I want to I want to make people feel that way. So listen to Weird Fishes by Radiohead. It's I'm going to listen to it tonight. It has it's a weird. So I wish you could play, commer- you know, like secular commercial yeah. music in your podcast. Like, yeah. wouldn't it be sick to have the outro of the show segue into that song now? But then I think I'd have to pay radio. Yeah. You can use mine. <laughs> yes. I'm always so. Br- oh, okay, thank you. Yeah. I will. Thank you yes. for every show. No, and the album is called um, Thank You. So. Yeah, but do you know what I'm saying? Do you yeah. ever want to do that on your podcast? I really want to make, you know, an NPR kind of cool intros and outros with music. And I'm like, ah, God, I can't use anyone's music unless, you know, I've had it made or licensed or stock music or something. I'm lucky because you just use all I just yours. use mine. That's so, great. Yeah. That's part of the story. And I've actually used one, one person's song. Oh, okay. And he's an artist from the 40s called Lenny Tristano. He's a jazz oh, pianist. And that was because. It's a whole other story, but it's an episode called My Past Life, and he was me. Whoa. And you have to listen or or read that episode to understand what I'm saying, but I thought, screw the freaking copyright. I am putting this in my podcast because it's me. Whoa. (laughs) So that was a profound thing as well that happened Rad. Yeah. Well, you just inspired me. Maybe I just need to go make some a musician too. You know, I don't play in bands anymore, but I did for a long time. Maybe I just need to go make some of my own damn just music. make it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can use whatever I want, god yeah. damn it. All right, you guys, thank you so much for, for coming by and being on the show. I appreciate it. And I want you to enjoy the rest of your visit in the United States. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks so for having, much us. Yeah. having us. Yeah, we're happy to have you accents and all. <laughs> <laughs> it's been awesome. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty damn warm and fuzzy after soaking up all these love vibes with Melissa and Nick. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. What a fun conversation, right? These guys are just amazing. Uh, I think one of us had to go somewhere or something was happening. I don't recall right now. I haven't listened back to the to the end, but I do remember as I was recording this that it was too short. Uh, there was more I wanted to know. I was I was fascinated, especially from Nick. You know, Nick is a, he's quite the Renaissance man. He had a, he had a lot to offer, a very great perspective and just two fully integrated human beings. And uh, it was really inspiring sitting down. It gave me hope for the future that maybe I could I'd do something like they're doing shit. If they're doing it, I could do it. I got to interview them and find out what it takes. So you never know. Uh, I hope that you listening have found yourself in a, a similarly fulfilling and exploratory relationship where both parties are interested in the one common goal of working on themselves and working on the relationship itself. What an amazing gift to be able to uh, to have that. And I've had it a few times and it's, I think, one of the most fulfilling things we could ever have. So if you're in it, rock on. I hope this episode helped you. And if you're not, well, now you kind of have a blueprint, right? So get out there and start banging it out, so to speak, so to speak. You know what I mean? Banging it out in the most positive sense, not like actually banging it out. Unless, of course, that's what you're both into consensually. What's up next? Oh, yeah, I've got an event coming up. If you go to lukestory.com forward slash events, you can always find all the action going on. But as of this recording, here's what I have booked. December 14th through 16th, the Neil Strauss Biohacking Intensive in Los Angeles, California. LukeStory.com forward slash events. 
Then next week's episode, Sleep or Die, all about sleep with Harpreet Singh Rai. Subscribe to the show so you don't miss it. Speaking of not missing it, you really need to get on the newsletter straight up. I'm just going to be a little forceful here. Here's what I want you to do. Get out your phone. Text the word lifestylist to the number 44222. That's one word, all lowercase. The word is lifestylist. The number you're texting is 44222. Or go to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter. If you get in my newsletter, guess what happens? I spam you every three days with a bunch of nonsense. No, dog. What I do is every Tuesday, I send you an email that says, hey, here's the podcast that came out today. Here's every single thing we talked about, including live clickable hyperlinks in that email, all the discount codes for each sponsor uh, every week and the art and all that stuff. So it's just a notification um, of what's happening. And then every once in a while, if I have an event or something like that, I let you know too. But I'm very respectful with the newsletter because I'm the king of unsubscribing. I'm probably subscribed to maybe five newsletters because I hate the rest of them. And I unsubscribe. I even have some app that like, I think it's called Unroll Me. And every week it gives me like a roll of everything that I've accidentally subscribed to. And I unsubscribe to everything. So when I'm going to send you a newsletter, it's not going to be a bunch of BS and malarkey. It's going to be the chronic. So fret not. Go to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter. Or if you have a United States based phone, just text the word lifestylist one word to the number 44222. And every week, I'll send you the goods. This week's sponsors, uh, I love our sponsors. I love brands that have faith in me as a podcast creator and host. And more than anything, brands that have faith in you, that you guys are discerning and smart and you're going to put your money where it matters with the brands and services that are doing it right. You're not going to be duped walking into Whole Foods and dropping... $50 on a bottle of swag, useless, crappy vitamins full of a bunch of excipients and fillers and BS. Um, I am a very discerning (laughs) researcher of products and services that have to do with health. And you can find everything I recommend, by the way, at lukestory.com forward slash store. That's where I keep links to everything I find that I use in my personal life. EMF protection, things to help you sleep herbs, supplements, beauty products, like all the stuff that I think is the best is there. But this week's sponsors are each the best in class at what they do. First up with Thrive Market. If you go to thrivemarket.com forward slash Luke, just by using that URL, you'll save 25% off your first order. Plus you'll get free shipping. Plus you'll get a free 30-day trial offer. Really good deal. Now, Thrive Market is where I buy all of my dry goods. They also have meat now and stuff and seafood, which I I just haven't uh, uh, delved into that. But I should now that I think about it. Um, I get my meat up the street at the butcher from Belcampo usually. um, So I don't have to order like grass-fed and pastured meat and wild seafood off Thrive Market. But maybe I should because I would save hella money. So on Thrive Market, that's where I buy like you know, almond butter and coconut oil and bone broth and just all those kind of um, dry goods and things that typically are not refrigerated. It's macadamia nuts. I mean, just beef jerky, all this kind of stuff. Those little seaweed snacks, just snack foods and things that I end up spending a crap load of money on at Erwan or Whole Foods. Thrive Market, you're going to save 20 to 40%. I mean, if you compare it with Erwan, and if anyone from Erwan staff is listening, I'm sorry, 
I love you guys. I've been shopping at Erewhon for 30 years. Wow, scary. I probably spent a couple houses worth of money there, but it's hella expensive. I went there tonight and got a salad and like two snacks and it was freaking $90 or something. If you t- Where's my receipt actually? Hang on, straight up. Hear the sound? That's my Erewhon receipt. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Um, October 18th, 2018, 10, 11 p.m. Went to shop at Erewhon. I got some uh, gluten-free peanut butter cookie, a bunch of blueberries, uh, some raw goat milk. Uh, wow, bottle deposit on the goat milk was two bucks. I got some peely nuts, um, some gluten-free crackers. I'm on a carb kick tonight. Please don't judge me. I'm totally not supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to be keto for my deuterium depletion, but what can I say? I had a craving. Uh, I got some uh, organic cheesecake (laughs) and then I got a large salad bar. Anyway, I got a few things. It was $65.74. All right. And then they charged me 10 cents for a paper bag because we're a bunch of PC freaks in California. Um, But seriously, if I would have taken that $65 and spent on Thrive Market, I would get like a gigantic box full of organic, really nice groceries. And Thrive Market also has supplements that are discounted too. So it's badass. God, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly very excited about Thrive Market, but they are my newest sponsor. So I want to give them extra love. I want to make sure that as we say in the business, these ads convert. I want you guys to get over there. So they keep running ads on the show because I love them and I want them to love me. I want you to love them. So go to thrivemarket.com forward slash Luke. That's all you got to do. The discounts built in once you get there. Then we've got Vital Reaction. Ah, my buddies with the uh, molecular hydrogen. Go to vital-reaction.com, enter the code LUKEH2 and save 10% off your molecular hydrogen tablets that are really easy to use. You just drop them in water. They give you tons of energy. They're massively anti-inflammatory, free radical scavengers. It's like drinking a giant cup of pure, potent antioxidants. If you want to take it to the next level at Vital Reaction, you can get yourself one of their... Uh, molecular hydrogen gas inhaler. This is a um, this is a medical type device. I mean, I use one every day, and uh, they're kind of expensive. You know, four to seven thousand dollar range, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. But you also save ten percent off one of those. So, if you're someone who is really into optimizing your health and you're kind of well healed, uh, you might be able to pick up one of those. Or if you own um, a spa or a biohacking lab or a gym or something like that, and you want to invest something that you can treat your patients to, uh, if you're a body worker or anything like that, the molecular hydrogen is incredibly powerful and incredibly healing at vital-reaction.com. Then our old buddies with the uh, with the mushrooms and the coffee and stuff for Sigmatic. I mean, we just never get sick of them, right? Today I had, what did I have? I had made myself a bulletproof coffee, and I use the Four Sigmatic uh, Rishi and Chaga. I love their Chaga. That's kind of my favorite right at the moment because Chaga, I mean, I can make it myself, but I have to have a crock pot and the spring water. Got to boil all the chunks of Chaga, which I just buy on eBay or whatever. Um, it's cool, but it's a process. They do an extract of Chaga. They, they make it super potent and then they turn it into a powder that's really tasty. So you're getting the medicinal qualities of chaga without having to go through all the mess and fuss. It's like when I used to make bone broth. I was like, go make my own bone broth. It's like, dude, I'm just going to get the kettle and fire bone broth off lukestory.com forward slash store, get my discount, call it a day, throw it in the pot, heat it up. (laughs) It takes me two seconds. It's just like, I, I can't. 
I can't do it. So I love foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke story for all of your mushroom and herbal little tinctures and whatnot. And you'll save 15% over there, which is a pretty fat discount at Four Sigmatic by entering the code Luke story. So that's foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke story. Okay, we did it. There's the outro. Thank you so much for joining me. Don't forget to share this episode with a couple friends who like to get down like this. And uh, here's to you and the future of your love life. I'll catch you next Tuesday. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.